So who is Rod Rourke? Who is me? Get ready to feel intimidated by Dina. <laughs> what a great idea. I was just talking to her about neuromodulators and Botox, and she said, hey, I'm going to ask you some questions. And I said, what a great idea. So, so helping to make you a better you, I'm going to see if I'm going to be a better you. And you can find out about who and what I am. She's going to rapid fire some questions at me. So Dina, have at it. I'm going to draw it all out. <clears throat> okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here it goes. Okay. Well, first of all, Dr. Rourke, thank you so much for allowing me to interrogate you. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Um, I, I think there are people in this world who are worth knowing better, and I think you're one of those people. And so it's kind of like, you know, when you were a little kid and you would see your teacher at the grocery store, and it and you were just taken aback because it never occurred to you that they, that, eat. Yeah. <laughs> that they eat, that they have a life outside of um, the classroom. And so... I know that uh, most everybody probably watching knows what you do, mm -hmm. but they may not know why you do it. And so I uh, want to kind of dive into that a little bit and, and really just personally wondering what prompted this podcast and why, I know you're not a bored person <clears throat> and just need extra things to do, so why do this? Why do, uh, Dina, that's a great question. I I think COVID really helped me to understand the power of, of media beyond going one-on-one. -on -one. I would go, I've been to, I was telling you, I've been to a hundred countries, it's lectured and operated all over the world. And I love doing that. You meet new people and you do new things. But with COVID, it went from hundred miles an hour to zero. And what I found was that I could do this or something on social media and YouTube and reach 10 times the number of people and, and be impactful because I'm all about hopefully impacting somebody else to be better and to me the most powerful thing in my life has been the role models that I've had you know from my parents to my teachers and my science teacher when I was in eighth grade Mr. Shimke he changed my life you know, and I, he made me study fruit flies, and I, it just opened a whole new vein in, of who and what, you know, life is about. I grew, up in, I grew up in a farm and a ranch in the Dakotas and didn't speak English till I was six. And so that was an epiphany for me. So I just want to give back, and I want to reach as many people as I can in the little time that we all have on Earth to hopefully make a difference. And what I found was... I was very inefficient traveling. I, I love traveling. And this just was made me, it just COVID, well, of all the things that it wasn't, COVID kind of opened my eyes to, wow, we can do this and we can do it in a much bigger way. Yes. I, I know that's a long answer. I'm kind of. You've got to go back to you didn't <clears throat> speak English till you were six. Well, I was, you? well, you know, my, my parents, we're, I'm German Russian, so my parents, they're second generation, and so we, you know, it was in North Dakota, and it's basically German-Russian communities and Norwegian in that whole state of North Dakota, which is a phenomenal place. North Dakota is the best place to grow up, you know, and I wish my kids could have grown up there. I mean, I love Texas, too, but I think growing up, it kind of makes you who you are, mm. and I always say people... After age five, you can't change them. So I really think so. And so it was, uh, it made me who I am. The work ethic, you know, the modeling of my parents and then my teachers. And so I want to be able to hopefully 
be able to embody that hopefully um, hopefully in my kids but also in people around me and you know I've trained thousands of people I've trained hundreds of residents in the United States but I think we can do more than that and I think this type of vehicle allows you to do that and hopefully be almost as impactful. I know it's not as impactful as being there and operating and having somebody looking over your shoulder, but it can come pretty close and it's a little less wear and tear in your body. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure it provides margin in your in your time. I know that you are a husband, you are a father, and I know that's very yeah. important to you to, to be there for, for special moments. Right. So this probably helps a lot with that. Um, I'm also wondering, why plastic surgery? Why not heart surgery? Why not brain surgery? What 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 drew you to this profession? Well, I wanted to be a heart surgeon. You know, in the 80s, everybody wanted to be a heart surgeon. Okay. And that's why I went to Baylor College of Medicine, which is a rock star medical school, because guess who was there? When I was a medical student, I met Dr. DeBakey. I was on his rotation. I mean, Dr. Michael DeBakey, you know, kind of the father of heart surgery. He was amazing. We all wanted to be heart surgeons. When we were at Baylor, I'd say in my class of 125, I think about half of us wanted to be heart surgeons like him. But one day I met Dr. Spira, who was a plastic surgery. He was the chief. And Dr. DeBakey said, you should go see him. One of the days we finished early on his rotation, and he was a true giant. He was an amazing, amazing guy. And of course, he was really nice. I was a medical student, so he was, he, you know, we were like his kids because he treated us very nicely. And he said to me, you know, you should see what plastic surgery does. And so I went to see Dr. Spira. He was the head of plastic surgery, and he was doing a cleft lip. And I said, Wow, that's amazing. A cleft lip is a hair lip where people are born without, you know, their their lips not completely fused and their palate. And Dr. Spiro said, scrub in, you know, and that's the kind of guy he was. And so that changed me. After that, and I, when he showed me how to make somebody whole again, I said, that's what I want to do the rest of my life. And so, so fast forward, here I am, 30 years later, I'm a plastic surgeon, and hopefully I got to give back to other people that like Dr. Spiro that helped me. But... Heart surgery was great. I mean, heart surgery is very glamorous. Trauma surgery is very glamorous. But you have to do what you love to do and what you're passionate to do. If I would be in heart surgery, I probably would have quit a long time ago because I don't think that would drive me today. Now, I was just very lucky. I was very lucky to find a passion that I love. Some people aren't so lucky. There's a lot of people in medicine today that aren't happy. And I would say, if you're not happy in medicine, do something else. Because life's short enough. It's not a dress rehearsal. So I love what I do every day. You know, I help people and, you know, we help others. We teach others. So to me, it's ideal. Because you know what? I don't go to work in at all. I, when you go, you know, just like you're you, right, as a talent expert, it's not working. I, I love what I do. And then it's, I'm just honored to do that. Yes. Well, it shows and your patients feel that uh, for sure. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, you had so many people speak into your life. It sounds like you had some great mentors and coaches yourself. And so what advice would you give to maybe someone who's aspiring to do what you do? What kind of person is good uh, and is fit for what you do? Uh, my advice for somebody starting out is this find somebody you admire and emulate them hang out with them role modeling is so underestimated it changes your life and hang out with people that are better than you and that 
they'll grow with you. And I always tell people, you have five people in your life that'll change you for the good or the better. And exclude your parents, because then you, otherwise you'd have three. Those five people will make you, break you, or kill you. So they will define you. So if they're not any good, get them out of your life. And I always tell that to my kids and to my fellows and stuff. So hang out with people that are smarter than you. If you're, in the, if you're the smartest in the room, get out of the room. Yes. So find somebody that you emulate, that you, that you like and trust. And, and that really drives you. And then get rid of those life suckers. You know, they, they just suck the life out of you. Yes. You know, we've all been around those people. I can't be around those people. I, I just, whether they're... People, patients, I just, I try not to hang out with that because it just, it just, it's too much energy. Yes. Well, I find people take you to or from your destiny and right. from your purpose and you have to, you know, differentiate and kind of triage, which, yep. Exactly right. You know, and, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's multiple different types of people, you know, and, and I think that you want to hang out with people that are making a difference. And if you want to make a difference, you have to hang out with people that make a difference. You do. And all of a sudden, you're going to build on them. You know, on the shoulders of giants, you become better. And I really believe in that. So nobody's born to be the next Ronald Reagan or the Martin Luther King, but they were amazing people. I mean, I wish I could have met either one of them. They were phenomenal. And they elevate us, they elevate society. And, you know, you just want to do a little bit to help others see the light. Yes, uh, those those men that you mentioned, but you know, there's so much to be proud of. I wonder what you are proudest of. What moments um, <laughs> come to your mind? What are, what are you proudest of? And then if you had it to do over again, is there something you would do differently or would you not, not change a thing? You, you know, I think I'm most proud of having my, my, my kids, you know, my wife and I are, are proud of our kids. I mean, by and large, all, you know, all those certificates, all those, you know, those walls of certificates and awards. You know, I, I say 90% of them are in my garage. My wife won't let me hang them up at home. So I have a lot of them in my offices. And those of you who come to my office, I have a lot of my offices. They're kind of, it's kind of like helter skelter. There's a lot of awards and my staff doesn't like it. But, but the other ones are about, I have about, that's only about 10%, the rest of them are at my garage at home and so you know nobody really cares about that in the end but it's your kids or your legacy and your and your your kids and a few family a few friends and your family that's all you got I don't care who you are I don't care if you're you know I don't care who you are you can be the president of whatever and in the end it's all about that it is it is um uh, I love that, um, that you, you have that at the center of why you do everything you do. But it wasn't always that way because when I was really full bore in doing my career, you know, I was very unifocused. And that, I think, you know, I did miss some of my kids' activities and things. And I think they remind me sometimes when I see them. But I try, I try to be there for the things that really mattered. And I, my kids are both great. My daughter and son are fantastic. But, but you know, I think also... People always learn from not what you tell them, and it's just like residence, but what you do is more important. So if you do that, like when I was chair at UT Southwestern, you know, I was always the first one there and the last one to leave, and people knew that. So for them to say, I want to work harder than you, that would be very hard to do. And so basically, I never ask anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. 
and people know that and to this day so i really think that that gets you a level above most everybody else because a lot of people will tell you oh i'm going to do that and they don't or they say they want to do it and you know those are posers and i don't like posers and i don't like pe and i can tell a poser if somebody who's not really doing it in a heartbeat and you know talk about picking talent and you're an artist at picking talent but you know you got to pick people that you know that got the sparkle in their eye and the energy in their gut and the, in their heart and i want to be around those people yes and, and we've said this before but you attract who you are right and, 100%. And, uh, you definitely do that i can attest to that just knowing your your staff and and the people who surround you and the level of respect and and um their care for people too right. and so tell us i'm interested what is a day in the life and is can you even describe that every day seems to be different but you seem to have endless energy and so how do you how do you do it all well i have to thank my mother i, I don't know um you know i i sleep about four hours a night and and that's fine i mean everybody's different you should probably sleep six or eight hours but I get up at four or five, you know, I, I do yoga. I, uh, yoga has been my core energy for the past several years because as you get older, over age 30 to 40, you know, you have to maintain your core and you have to maintain your, you know, because you got to keep active and keep moving. So to me, that's important. So I, I do that. I do the morning yoga exercises. That's so important. And then I get to work. I, I'll, I always do my top three goals. The night before, I refine them in the morning of, and then in the morning, I try not to look at my my social media for about a half hour it's hard and I usually will do my social media after that and after I have coffee and then I go to work and operate all day and I see multiple patients between cases and then I operate and I operate five days a week and then I, I see patients I do zoom calls and facetimes at night and then I'll at night we'll do some meetings and things and then I'll teach during the whole day because I have fellows and residents so it's always you've got to be up on your energy and then and in plastic surgery, you know, I operate five days a week, so you've got to be on. You can't be not on. You know, it's either on or off. It's kind of like an action potential. And you can't have a bad day. You can't have a bad day. You're not allowed. You're, You're not allowed. I mean, you can't. Now, on the weekend, sometimes it, you kind of regenerate the batteries. But, yeah. um, you know, like I'm picking off this weekend. And so it's going to be good. Yeah. But What do you do to recharge? I, You know, I... It, it baffles me. You grew up in the Dakotas. How did you learn to sail? Where did this come from? Well, I, I learned to sail when I was in Boston and when I was at the University of Michigan. And then, of course, we had a lake house till very recently. And I, I love I love doing that. I love getting out in the ocean. I mean, to me, that's the one great thing that I, I would I miss. And I, you know, I love Dallas, but that's the one thing I, I, I love. We I was I wish we were closer to the ocean again. But but and someday maybe we'll do that. But. But I think um, you have to do things that, you know, help you relax uh, to take your mind away from things, whether it's meditation. Yoga is great for me. That's what I do. I sometimes paint during, during COVID. I did a lot of painting. Um, and, you know, things that just kind of are inward and outward, you know, that you can express yourself in a different way and you can reflect, you know, reflect on who and what you are. And I think it's important that you have to be dr purpose driven. And if you're not purpose-driven in life, you uh, you don't have a life. I don't care who you are, and it's not about the money. It's about being purpose-driven. If you don't have a purpose, I can tell you, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to live long. 
And I think that that's so important. And I think that's a lack, that's something that's lacking now in, in a lot of people because if you don't have the drive, the passion to, to succeed in something, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Yogi Berra said, if you, know, you get, if you don't know where you're going, you never get there. You know, take yes. the fork in the road, which fork, which road. But I like to be very focused and purpose driven. Yes, absolutely. What, do you, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to be remembered for? I think the biggest thing is that I would like to be remembered for is for giving back and having my kids say, hey, you know, I learned this from my dad and this is the right thing to do. And also for my trainees, you know, many times they'll call me and say, hey, Dr. Rourke, I was doing this case and I, you were in my left ear and you were saying, oh, don't do that, don't do that. Or, or, you know, don't do crazy stuff. And you know what, that's a good thing because, you know, want to make them safe, want to make them competent, want to make them better and want to make them better than me. You know, nobody is born with a silver spoon or is a talented plastic surgeon. We teach them. You know, the people taught me, Jack Gunter, Jim May, these are all people from Harvard, from Dallas, from all over the world. I was very fortunate to, to study around the world and have incredible mentors. I mean, at the University of Michigan, Dr. Dingman Grab, and all of these amazing people. I was very lucky. So I want to give back. So I've trained a lot of people, up to 10 of my trainees that are chairman around plastic surgery and around the country and the world. And, and I think that's important. But, you know, giving back is part of our DNA, it's part of our genome, and yet some people don't recognize it and don't want to do it, and I don't get it. No, you don't get it because uh, you, <laughs> you definitely, you know, it's interesting because you were saying that, you know, people more often emulate not what you say, they don't do what you say, but they you know, they learn from what you actually do right. and you do give back. And, and, you know, it's been said that success without a successor is failure. Exactly. And so it's not just all that you accomplish. It's what you pass on as well. Um, I want to do a rapid fire. Okay. I, I also want, before oh, oh, I, you know, my resident today, who's from Baylor, his name is Luke. And he said something very interesting to me today. And he's very thoughtful. And he, he said to me, you know what, Dr. Rourke, I've learned a lot from you this month. But you know what I really learned from you is that it's so good to be around people that love what they do. And I thought, really? And he said, yeah, it's really, I love seeing that because it, it invigorates me. And I'm saying, you know, and having, coming out from a millennial, I thought, wow. That made my day. So anyway, go ahead. Rapid yes. fire. R rapid fire. So don't think too much okay, about all right, it. Just, okay, just, okay. Biggest pet peeve. Biggest pet peeve. Uh, don't. <laughs> my biggest pet peeve is don't do crazy stuff. Don't do crazy stuff. <laughs> okay. Define crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Anything that will, will hurt yourself or others or your patients. Don't do. Don't do crazy stuff. Don't over inject the lips. Don't do weird stuff. Don't make people look like animals. You know they want to look like a cat. I mean, don't do that. <laughs> don't do crazy stuff. Now, have you ever had a, a very strange request? A hundred. Oh yeah, from patients. Yeah, yes. they want to look like a cat or an animal. They say that. Yeah, yeah or they want to have those cat eyes or crazy stuff. Or you know, I just I. I'm I'm not that person. I'm not going to do that. Never do anything that's outside your ascetic norm. I've had so many crazy re requests. Some of them I couldn't even repeat Maybe. here, honestly. But I just say, hey, you know what? 
Don't do crazy stuff. And just because you can does not mean you should. Absolutely. Okay, there's a lot of things. And, you know, we are entrusted as physicians. You know, remember, we're MDs, not plastic surgeons first. That, that says MD. So, you know, it says do no harm. So don't do crazy stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. I would. I will say I would give half the money in my bank account to see the look on your face when, 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 when someone requested to look like a cat. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Okay, so um, tell me, um, what is what would you say is the most important quality in a friend that you look for? Being loyal. Mm. And you only find out when somebody's loyal, not when the sun's shining, but when it's raining. And those people, you can count on one hand, you know, and when, when the day is dark, those are the people that will call you to say, I'm here for you. Also, we'll be there to wish you success because most people don't want you to be successful, but it's those people that are loyal. And you can count them on one hand. We've all been there. And I'll tell you, it's not surprising, the five people or less. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I, that would be my answer as well. Yeah. I, I love that. Okay, um, how about, do you have any phobias? Now, be honest. Yes, I, uh, I'm afraid of smalls, uh, claustrophobia. I'm, I'm afraid of small spaces, you know, so I could never have gone up in a space capsule, you know. In fact, even on planes sometimes, and sometimes, you know, if you're sitting between two larger people, that's a hard thing. But so I don't like to sit anywhere but the aisle. So I, I'm a little claustrophobic. So that's really, that's a thing with me. And, you know, as I, I never was that when I was younger, but now it's kind of a thing. So, like, honestly, I won't, if I can't sit in an aisle seat, I'm not going to, take a plane home on the middle seat and for many reasons but that's one of them is just that it's just too tight it's, and I, I, I'm claustrophobic. Well you should know I read a study that said when people are polled yeah. in polls that the number one fear and phobia is public speaking. Really? And you're doing do you know it beat the fear of death? Really? No. Well, you know what? When I was a first grader, Mrs. Reed, uh, I, I couldn't speak. I could barely speak English. But I remember when she asked me to speak, I, I, I cried because I spoke to the class, but I faced the blackboard. And I said my speech to the and my, my student, there was 12 in my class, so it's not a big class. But but I, I actually spoke to the board and then because I, I couldn't speak and turn around. So I've come a little ways from there. Yes. But, you know, but I would say so you can learn these things. Yes. Face your fears because your fears become your assets. Remember that. Mm. That's very important. Face your fears and they will make you better. Yes, absolutely. Well, if you ever give up medicine, I would say you could have a stellar career in public speaking. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so what would you do if, if the career you have, your life calling, your purpose right now, if you had to choose something else, what other vocation? I think, you know, I'm at that phase where I'm, I love what I do and I'm, you know, I have these great talents that I've acquired and God given that I love to do and to help people. But if and when I want to do something that's purpose driven and giving back and, and doing things like this are going to be helpful because if you turn one light bulb on, you've succeeded. So doing something that's going to help people become better, that's what I want to do. 
And I, that, that doesn't sound very specific, but you know, it can be in medicine or not. But I think helping people become better because there are so few role models out there today in, in the world, and especially in America. I mean, when you look at role modeling, I mean, it's almost like a dirty word, but it's okay to have somebody that you emulate. It was, it's okay. Yes, absolutely. Well, I wonder what's next for you. What is there something that you haven't accomplished that you want to, um, whether professionally or, or even personally? Is there a hobby you would love to master? Is there? Well, of course, I would love to be. I would love to learn the piano. I'm learning a little bit about art, you know, and painting, and and playing the guitar. My son learned a guitar during COVID. You know, he's brilliant. And but I will tell you. You know, you have to stay energized and learn something new every day. Because if you're not living and learning, you're dying. So that's not a good alternative. So to me, I'm, you know, I've written 10 books about plastic surgery and other things. And I want to do other things that are going to be fun and exciting. I want to do things like this that will help reach more people to be better and make, make them a better you. And I think that's laudable. Giving back matters. It does. Yep. It does. Dr. Rourke, what is the one thing you wish women knew? If you could get a message across. Uh, I think not only women, I think it's okay to be you. It's very important to be you. And today, so much of what drives people is for them to not be you. Look at all the things on social media. Everything's morphed. 85% of people are on, they're morphed. You know, all the, the Kardashians and all these, I mean, that's not the reality. Big lips, big, I mean, just be you. And you know, you are a unique you. Nobody has your genome. That's, you know, it's a God-given thing. That's why we're all asymmetric and look different. So my advice to everybody, man, woman, is be you. And nobody is you. And when you define who you are, you can be whoever you want to be. And you can be great no matter where you go. You yep. can break your own glass ceiling. Absolutely. I, thank you so much for this opportunity to get to know you better. I feel like it's the holiday season and I have gifted your viewers with getting to know a little well, bit more about you. Well, so you're awfully nice to hear that. I must say, I've never had anybody ask me all those questions. So, <laughs> Deanna, thanks. You rock. Thank you. You rock. Thank you. Right back Amazing. So, thank you. Thank you.